Hi, this is Pastor Jack C. and Pastor Michelle. We want to welcome you to the broadcast today. This is Living with Purpose. And if you've been following along the past couple of weeks, Michelle and I have been talking about marriage and relationships and different things. And in the midst of our studies and in the midst of, you know, trying to do what God is telling us to do, we came up with a very simple question. Why are we doing this? Exactly. <laughs> there has to be a purpose and a reason. Just like your marriage needs to have purpose and a reason, your teaching about marriage should have purpose and a reason. You know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So the way that we get faith to do something or for something is by going to the Word and finding out what it says about. So we're just talking about marriage. We're trying to equip you. We're trying to give you some tools some little things. We've been married for 26 years, and uh, we've learned some things not to do, and <laughs> we've also learned some things to do. And so we kind of started this the last couple of broadcasts talking about covenant and trying to show, and really the bottom line was, is that we're really not in this alone. Hallelujah. And let me just say, God is so faithful. He, he loves you no matter where you're at in your stage of life, whether you're not married, whether you want to be married, whether you are married, whether you're divorced, He's with you. And He was just talking about why, why are we doing this? We have such a love for people because God has such a love for people. That's good. And, and His heart, I was reading a scripture today and now I know why. In 1 Timothy 4, uh, I think it's verse 8, yes, it says, Godliness is profitable for all things. We just want to go into the Word with you and find the things that you need about where you're at in your stage of life in relationship to marriage particularly and say the godly aspect of how to do it or how to live it will be profitable to you. And that's what we want to bring you is profit and blessing from God. That's really good. You know, it takes a lot for a marriage to work. And uh, there's a lot of natural things that go into it, but really it's what's the foundation of it. and. I'm just likened, you know, I don't want to date this broadcast, but let's just, I'll use some fictitious names. But right now in, in the news, there's a very, very famous athlete and a very, very famous supermodel who had everything, who were the very best at what they've ever done, who had all the money, had every opportunity. Uh, they had access to any and everything they ever wanted. Um, but yet in the midst of having all that, they're still getting a divorce. So it just shows you that your marriage cannot be built on things. Your marriage cannot be built on looks. Your marriage cannot be so built good. on yeah. material right. things or, or circumstances. And, 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 and a lot of times fundamentally, because we don't have a real revelation, and I'm not saying even that I do, but you have to have a real revelation of covenant because without covenant in marriage, um, it's very, very hard. You have nothing to fall back on when times get hard or when times are good. And we have begun a discussion on covenant, so I want to encourage you to go back and and look at the last uh, four you know broadcasts about it and hear what we had to say. But today we want to review covenant before we start going to the next topic, which will be about order in the family, because um, order is within covenant. Covenant is our foundation, but it's um, covenant or that formal unification. Or pastor was talking about joining together um, with God or before God in marriage that the enemy attacks. And that's what we want to mm. just key on today is that there's order in covenant for a purpose and covenant is really precious to God. And so therefore it's not something the enemy wants. And he wants to do everything possible to break it because it's powerful to bring you blessing and protection. And so if you don't understand that first and foremost, that there we have an enemy and he will attack this vehemently, 
you will not only be weak and vulnerable to his attack, but oftentimes he'll deceive you into joining him to destroy your own covenant relationship with God or with your spouse. That's really, really good. So we talked previously on the broadcast about some of the definitions and stuff. I think I remember saying that the Hebrew word for covenant is bereath, and it's a cutting, a compact, an agreement, a, a confederate, uniting a league and so on and so forth. Um, it's a powerful agreement, but I don't think I mentioned the Greek word because the Hebrew words in, are in the Old Testament. All the Old Testament is in Hebrew generally, and the New Testament is in Greek, and then we translate it, of course, into English, and we read English Bibles. But the Greek word for covenant is diathakeia, mm -hmm. and it means a disposition, and a disposition is an order or method or arrangement that's that is good. specifically like a contract. And covenant has order, an arranged order, and that's the only way it can have the blessing. It's a divine arrangement of order that brings blessing. And the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, so he doesn't want you to have the blessing. He puts pressure on that covenant and puts pressure on your marriage and puts pressure on you and puts yeah. pressure on you know every aspect of your marriage, whether it be the intimacy or whether it be the finances or whether it be the children, That's he puts good. pressure on that to break your covenant. He wants you to break your covenant and, and he will do everything to block your blessing. But we have to apply pressure on our covenant with God yeah. and against the enemy binding him. We didn't earn or deserve the right to have a covenant with God because we give like this much and God gives like everything and it's amazing, but um, we can receive it and we can put pressure on that agreement with God for any promise that he has and then speak the word of life over our situation or over our marriage in this particular circumstance. That's good. Yeah, covenant really is the basis for everything. And you know, like I said, I wish I would have had a greater understanding of what that meant. I think, you know, obviously before you get married, you should have some counsel, you should, have a conversation or two, you know, when no, nobody ever accidentally fell into covenant with somebody. It is something that is done on purpose and it's something that is done for very specific reasons. You know, back in the olden times, a, a, a smaller um, company of people would try and, and seek a covenant of a larger group of people for their protection so that they would have the protection of that. And uh, you didn't just rush into a covenant with somebody. And uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, our traditional wedding ceremony is really all about covenant. Mm -hmm. And the same things that took place in our covenant ceremonies take place in our marriage ceremonies. But I think the, the thing that stuck out to me the most as we were talking about this is that, you know, when we stand before a minister and we say our vows, we are proclaiming or professing the covenant over each other. And we are making vows not just to each other, but there's a third person standing there, right. and that third person is a stand-in for God. And uh, even though that minister doesn't go with us onto our honeymoon and onto our marriage, God's forever remains with us as that third party to that covenant marriage, to hearing, to presiding over, to um, actually strengthening us. And, and I guess the bottom line is, is you're not alone. And wherever you are in your marriage right now, you're not alone. And uh, maybe you got married for all the wrong reasons. Maybe you were, I've heard too many stories of people that, you know, met in bars and got married, you know, and they stayed married their whole lives. And uh, other people that did everything right and, you know, came from the best families and, you know, had every advantage. And some marriages last and some don't. And the, the bottom line is, is you've, you've got to have something to fall 
deeper than yourself, and, and that's Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus is the one that binds the two together, mm -hmm. that the binder between right. one flesh is the blood of Jesus, and that's what keeps us together. Amen. And he was just talking about God being that, that safe landing, that, that, that place to fall back to, but really, in reality, we, he also needs to be our focus um, because the, when we go to him or we listen to him or read his word, read the Bible, he's trying to train us in the right way to do anything. We can look up a topic and he will be training us as we're reading about that topic. And I, the Bible doesn't just have topics in it, but you look up words, you can look up marriage, you can look up covenant, you can look up you know, divorce for that matter. Um, but the Lord was showing me how his word trains us for our benefit. God Amen. always wants to bless us. Um, and so we have to speak it over what matters. We have to go to the Word, find out what God says about something, and speak it over it. Um, Satan doesn't care about us. He wants to yeah. train us for his benefit. Satan's way is designed to separate and divide, and um, he does it in his order. Like, he, like, in other words, he comes first at man with God, and then he comes at spouses, and then he comes at parents and children, and he tries to tell us how to be self-successful in any area instead of God-successful. Right. So we have to focus we have to be determined to say, God, this isn't, I'm not going to pretend this is easy. Help me to focus on looking at your way of doing things. And I, and I just want to confess, because I think it's powerful, like he gave an example of like a complete stranger. But even as we begin to pray a prayer for something like this, the enemy comes and he comes vehemently and he comes exactly how he knows he can hit you hard. He comes at your weaknesses. He comes at just your vulnerabilities. Um, yesterday he came at me and, and just attacked me vehemently in order to try to get me to be unprepared today or to get me to be mm. at um, odds with him or to be, you know, frustrated with each other. And we were determined to talk it through and then choose to go to God and choose to walk in love Amen. and choose to be victorious because we recognized it. Right. And maybe that's because we've been in this a little bit of time. 26 years is not a long time, but we've practiced a little bit. We've been in the word a little Amen. bit. By the grace of God go I, the more I learn, the little, this little bit is all I know. But what I know, I want to give to you for free. And it's when things are going bad, yeah. It's the enemy. It's not God. Run to God and figure out how to speak His way over your marriage. Yeah, that's really, really good. You know, there is no perfect marriage, and 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 you know, maybe you're in a relationship right now, and maybe you know it's abusive and it's verbally abusive or even physically abusive and those types of things, and uh, that is absolutely brutal. And nowhere in the Bible does it ever say that someone has to stay in that type of mm, a relationship that's so because that's a right. that's a covenant breaker. Your first covenant is with life. And uh, when your life is endangered or those types of things, you know, this, what we're talking about is not a suicide pact. Right. You know, these things happen. What we're talking about is covenant. It's two willing people submitting themselves to God and to one another. That's how covenant works. It's not one person imposing their will on another or controlling that person in any way, shape, or form. I'm going to be real honest with you. Men and women are equal. And uh, there are too many scriptures that support that men and we, we, we have different roles, we have different functions, but we are equal. And no one has the right to rule over the other. And to, especially to use the Bible to do it um, is even more dangerous. So I just want to encourage you. But you might be in a, in a marriage where, you know, you just don't agree about some things. There is no abuse. There is no addictions. There's no, you might think, man, we're, we, we're doing everything right. Why is this still not working the way that it should? Well, it's still something that we have to use our faith on. It's still, we're still two people. We still have our own will. We still have our own opinions. 
We still have our own ways that we were taught by our parents of how to do things, and there is going to have that moment where there's some conflict, but you don't let the conflict run you off. You or know, the experience. Or the experience Like of how that. many times have we talked to someone and they tell us their experience and they believe what they believe because of their experience, yeah. having nothing to do with God says about it. Right. And that's a dangerous trap of the enemy. Right, right. And I just really think a lot of times people get into marriage and they don't really quite understand. There's, you know, the fairy tale, you know, where, you know, we put all of our effort into the wedding and we spend tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of dollars for yeah. a wedding day and it's stressful and it's hard and... You know, there's a lot of work to it, and it takes years or so to, to plan it. But we put all of our <laughs> effort into the wedding, but nothing into the marriage. And so now that next day, the party's over, and everybody's gone, and it's just you and her. And, you know, if you're not, if you haven't prepared for that, you know, uh, a lot of people that are believing for spouses right now, it's wonderful to believe God for a spouse. It is godly and is biblical but you should also spend some good time asking God to prepare you for that person. Because no matter how perfect it is, no matter you know what a fairy tale, what a miracle it is, which it will be and it should be, there are still going to be some opportunities. No, no two of us are alike. And you are going to come to a point when your illusions about marriage are going to be challenged of what you think it was supposed to be. But it's good. You stay in it. You don't just quit and give up because there's an opposition. You need to have a word from God because when things get tough, you need to have a word from God to stand on. You know, and that's that's really vital to remember. You can get a word from God at any moment. One word from God can change your life. Yeah. So you can go into the word and say, Lord, what do I do right now? Lord, I love you. I honor you. I praise you. Forgive me for my sins. I need your help. What do I do right now? If you're not married yet, if you're in a marriage that has some conflict, if you're in the middle of a divorce, if you'd like to remarry, if you're widowed and you are believing God for a possibility of a spouse, wherever you're at, God, what do I do right now to believe you for either restoration or a spouse? What do I do right now? And then as you're just reading along in the Word, you don't have to go, I'm going to open the Bible and say whatever it flips to. Don't 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 play games with God. He's not a slot machine. It's not a you're not putting out fleeces. That's Just good. read along where you're reading. If you've never read the Bible, open up to the Gospel of John in the New Testament. Good. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Go to the Gospel of John to start reading and say, "Lord, begin to speak to me through your word." And he'll begin to speak to you about your issue at hand, believe it or not. You'll begin to realize if you've received Jesus as your savior and he's on the inside of you, a, a still small voice kind of leading and guiding you. Things kind of jumping off the page a little, making sense to you saying, "You know, oh, oh, I probably need to be a little less selfish, or oh, I need to start speaking life over that. Yeah. Oh, I need to stop saying those words all the time. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's really, really hard because, you know, really in a godly Christian marriage, when you pray for the other person, it's really going to soften your heart towards them anyway. You know, if you're not praying for your spouse, you know, if you're in a bad situation, and it's so much easier sometimes to complain to other people than to actually take responsibility and go to God and pray for that person. This is your covenant partner. This is one flesh. I mean, this is the most, Satan hates marriage because the power of agreement, there's no better power or greater power of agreement than when Michelle and I pray together. Yeah, we, you, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but one person can send a thousand to flight as far as the enemy's concerned, but mm -hmm. two, 10,000, doesn't just double, it just completely multiplies. Right. It's so powerful, you're and right. And that's why there's such an attack against that, mm -hmm. you know, I would encourage everybody, every couple to pray together, but even just praying for each other individually, you know, making that a part of your daily routine of just praying, believing God, 
and not just when things are tough, not when there's just a calamity or a disaster or a need, but I'm saying just a lifestyle of praying. I know Michelle prays for me on a regular basis. I need to be better at praying for her. I do pray for her, but I'm saying it should become more fluid to us. You know, in marriage, it's so easy. You know, the one you spend the most time with is the one you take the most granted of. Yeah, or I want him to, you know, more than praying for him, I, I'll be constantly wanting him to solve all my problems, and he's not the solver of all my problems, even though he ends up solving a lot of them, thank God. No, but I'm just saying God is our, our source. God is the one we need to run to and, and talk to about things, and he, he loves us, and he knows yeah. where we are, and he'll meet us where we're at. But I love what you said in, in closing. I just love that when we pray, um, it softens our heart and it helps us to love again so sure. that we can listen to God about what we're supposed to do. That's so good. Well, I hope you stay with us these next couple of weeks. We're going to kind of shift gears and we're going to talk about order. We're really all talking about the same thing. We're just going to give some different tools. Michelle and I really want to empower you. We want to encourage you in your relationship. Don't get lied to the, by the devil that everybody has a perfect marriage but you, that you're the only one that's going through what you're going through. It's not true. We all have weeds in our garden that have to be taken care of so that they don't overtake the harvest of God's love that he has for us. This is Pastors Jack and Michelle. We love you. Come love visit you. us at West Houston Christian Center. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord.